And he says, turn the stones into bread. And Jesus says, no, even though I'm starving. He says, takes him to the pinnacle of the temple. He says, look down. And throw yourself down. God will save you. And Jesus says, you shouldn't tempt God. And then he takes him to the top of the world. He shows him all the kingdoms. He said, you will have this if you follow me. And Jesus says, no, I follow God. He, he knew what temptation was, and, and as we do. And although he does not sin as we do, he knows that life is lived not in the black and the white, but in the gray. In short, Jesus' first concern is for people, not laws. And that, I think, gives us permission to live our lives. And when we fall short, or when we fail, to turn to God for forgiveness and grace. In our gospel lesson this morning, we have another example of what it feel, what feels like legalism. It really isn't. This gospel lesson is about the rich young ruler and what's and what is important in life. And Jesus' concern for him. It says Jesus loved him. This is an example of what I would like to call an aha moment. Lots of those stories in the Bible. Here's a story to illustrate. Rabbis, you know, are teachers, and they're able to help, hopefully, people learn and to grow and to move towards God. They do it really by showing the way, by what people can see. There's a story of a rabbi who, for 20 years or so, had come into the same restaurant at the same hour at lunch and ordered the same chicken soup. 20 years. One day, he ordered the chicken soup, and he did something out here. He called the waiter over, and he said to the waiter, taste my soup. And the waiter was a little taken back because he was so out of character for the rabbi. Because he was known for being set in his ways, and it was not the way he was operating. But rabbi, he said, it's the same chicken soup you've had for 20 years. At the same time of day, in the same restaurant, the rabbi says, taste my soup. So the better humor met the old man, who's getting on in years. The waiter reached for the spoon. And he said, Rabbi, there's no spoon. The rabbi said, aha, now you see. That's what called an aha moment. The rabbi needs a spoon. Aha! So Jesus in the Gospels is a good rabbi, leading us to discover the truth behind the stories so that we also can say, Aha! That's how it goes. Now I get it. So when we finally say to Jesus, You mean we really are saved by grace, by God's love as a gift of faith? You mean we, we really can't save ourselves? Our material things won't save us. Only God's love can do that. Jesus says, aha, now you get it. When we finally come to the knowledge that the law condemns us, but the cross and God's love save us, Jesus says, aha. When we finally say, you mean we're saved through God's gift of childlike trust? Rather than our childish attempts to find God or to buy God with material things or worldly obsessions, 
or when we come to that insight of grace, Jesus says, ah, now you get it. When we finally come to realize that our human need to see everything in, in terms of legalistic rules and black and white will never save us, it only causes hurt in the community. When we finally realize that it's human relationships that are important, not black and white legalism, Jesus says, ah, now you get it. Now you also see God's concern for my hurting children. When we as God's people finally begin to see light in this in-between, in this world of gray, where people need more forgiveness and love rather than arbitrary rules, Jesus says, ah. And it's the same in the Gospel for today. Jesus seems to speak harshly, but his hope is that the young ruler will begin to look at his priorities rather than counting points and keeping laws. Someone has supposed that this young man who went away sorrowful because he had so much was actually St. Paul. Well, there's absolutely no way to know that. That's total speculation. There's absolutely no basis in anything scriptural to say that. But it's a, it's a nice thing to think about. As unlikely as it is, because then the story has an aha ending, doesn't it? The rich young man comes to his senses and becomes somebody important in the church. So what's Jesus' aha statement to us? What statement is he saying to us? What is he getting us to think about? I think it happens when we modern followers of Jesus say, you mean this is not about keeping the laws? Or about being good? Or going to church? Or about being Wisconsin nice? Or about keeping a list of good deeds? You mean it's not about that, Jesus? You mean this is not about being clean and needed in our seat? You mean this is about forgiveness and trust and love and grace? Then Jesus says, ah, now you get it. Don't get me wrong. God is pleased when we keep the commandments. God likes it when we do good deeds, when we help others. God loves it when we worship, when we are faithful to the word. God is impressed and, and loving when we serve others. All those other things that I talked about. But they're not going to save us anymore. I think God's probably also okay with us being clean and in our, and in our seat. I'm sure our neighbor would be certainly. But it's only God's grace through Christ's work on the cross that saves us. And all of those good things we try to do to please God or ourselves or others are no good at all if they get in the way of loving and serving God. The poet, playwright Oscar Wilde said that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. So I think life is full of those ahas, those moments 
when we wake up. But the churchy word for that is epiphany. The light dawns. They're there if we pay attention. And what a relief it is to know that my salvation or yours is not dependent on me accomplishing things, but that it comes as a gift in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So the cross is God's greatest gift. And our response is one of thanks and gratitude. If you're around me long enough, you, you may have heard, I know I think I've, I've done this in the confirmation classes already, I, I like to talk about the paradoxes of Christianity, of life. There are lots of them in Christianity. In fact, Christianity is totally based on paradox. Something, two things that are, seem to be totally different, but are complementary to one another, are necessary to be together. Oftentimes, uh, that faith presents us with two seemingly contradictory ideas or choices at the same time. Some groups, you know, reduce Christianity to black and white, right and wrong, in or out. Simple answers or laws. But Christianity is, is a religion of paradox. One of the most marvelous paradoxes is that God saves us because we cannot save ourselves. No amount of rule-keeping or good deeds will save us as paradox. That when we were lost to sin, God came and lived among us, another paradox, in order to save us. That God loves us in spite of us. Other paradoxes, of course, are Holy Communion. How can that be Jesus' body and blood? How can Jesus be God and human? How can our all powerful God come to us as a humble teacher, as a rabbi, as an infant? But by far the most important and the most astounding of these paradoxes is the one that says that the righteous judge of the universe loves us anyway, in spite of our sin, in spite of our failure, in spite of our rebellion. The law cannot bring us to God. Only grace can do that. And yet for God's people, the moment that we come to that aha experience with grace, we see the truth. And then, from that aha moment, comes the desire to do good, to love others, to worship God, to keep the law as best we can, and in thanksgiving to God. That's a paradox for us. So the aha of grace helps us to have a right attitude about living our life in Christ. And then the good deeds, the virtuous living, and the working for God's people fall into place. Harry Wendt, who's a teacher of mine from years ago, and I probably quoted this to you, he said, now that you don't have to do anything to be saved, what are you going to do? Aha. So when we read the gospel, when we come to confess that God loves us and saves us because of grace through Christ and not because of what we do or don't do, we can hear Jesus say, Ah, now you get it. Amen. He's a God that passes all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ.
And we'll continue with 